Welcome to another edition of the It's Always Friday the 13th podcast. I am John Evans. I am joined by Mike Kuchek and Vikram Wheat. We are delving deeply into the Friday the 13th series, movie by movie. Today we're going to do something a little bit different, though. It's time to give out our awards. Let's call them the Machetes. And with these honors, we will be paying tribute to some of the greatest moments in the first four movies, in the core four. So let us start with favorite incarnation of Jason. All right. Uh, I would have to go with part two, uh, in large part because somehow I missed this when we did the the part two podcast. The guy playing him is named Warrington Gillette. Wow. Awesome. That is a great name. (laughs) Um. But also, I mean, the, 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 as iconic as the hockey mask is, the, the bag on the head uh, was, was very, uh, very creepy, especially the one I cut out. Um, and again, nimble, human, running, you know, groaning, um, uh, a little, uh, I would say a little, a little smarter, a little, you know, a little more deft with the, the climbing on the chair and, and some of that stuff. And just seems like it was just it's just more interesting. I don't know. Uh, that was that would certainly be my vote. All right, one vote for the slender baghead and overalls, Jason. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I will say, uh, bag on the head, Jason has always been my favorite incarnation. I, I ain't as uh, classic as the hockey mask is. I, I if, if I had my magic wand druthers, I would take uh, two and four and combine them because I, I love the ferocity. The lethality. Uh, I, I like that he's uh, a big, scary mutant man in four, but he's not like a, just a hulking standing there staring at you galoot. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I and if I could take the giant, you know, the the big scary running around chopping people up really fast, Jason from four and stick a bag on his head, that would be <laughs> that, that, that that would <laughs> that would be my druthers. <laughs> but uh, uh, if, if I had to definitively vote, it would be still two. All right. Well, uh, you don't get your magic wand druthers, but you do get a vote. And uh, two votes. Uh, it's it's official. Uh, Jason from part two has one. But I have to say, um, I was going to go with the uh, hockey mask, Jason. Uh, I, I think there's just a quaint charm to this version of Jason where he's got the mask, but he's walking around in the relatively clean, normal clothes. And I'll even go with part three just to throw some love that way because it was his triumphant debut as the hulking hockey mask Jason, even though I do prefer his kinetic kills in part four. Um, I'll just go with the iconography of part three Jason since that's where we created the template I'm right there with you on part two. I love the baghead. Yeah, I, 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 I have mentioned in the past that there was one day that I was walking down Sunset and I saw a giant billboard that just had a big hockey mask on it. And my immediate thought was, oh, cool, there's a new Friday the 13th movie coming out that I didn't know about. But it actually turned out to be an advertisement for the L.A. Kings. Mike, but, that story you know, was yeah. even better the second time you told it on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 I pull that up. You know, just as a reference to, I mean, that's the level of iconography in terms of this uh, uh, this wardrobe choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hottest girl. Who, Vic, is the hottest girl in these films? And it's okay, your wife is not listening. 
<laughs> I, I know that i'm well aware that she's not listening and and it, you know at some point it's going to start to hurt my feelings because it'd be nice to see the numbers take up um uh so john i i um a, a close second is uh, uh kirsten baker as terry in part two but oh you're breaking my heart but you really really have to go with camilla and carrie moore as a uh, Tina and and Tori or whatever their names are. That this Terry, it's another Terry. Oh, <laughs> you like they're, Terry number two. <laughs> Terry, yes. Um, uh, the you know, I mean, they're they're skinny dipping twins. That's the, I, I, I don't I don't I don't think anything can can really. I think you're kind of cheating by taking both twins, but can you? But they're this. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm cheating. So all right. Well, I, I'll do my vote second because it is Terry from part two. <laughs> <laughs> I am a sucker for the tall girls from Norway. For, first of all, and the character is kind of a weirdo model type. But she loves her dog, Muffin, and she's not afraid to go skinny dipping by herself at night. Mm-hmm. And nor is she afraid to show us her own Muffin in the process. Wow. Wow, you wow. Well played. <laughs> well played. You know, for me, it's actually a toss-up between the Terrys. Uh, you know, I, the, the, the twins definitely have an appeal. I mean, you know, in four, we have a familial love sandwich. Uh, in, in which uh, the kid gets crushed between his female uh, uh, relatives. And this one, it's like, you know, if only poor Jimbo could have lured the second twin in there and he wow. could have proven uh, that he is not a dead fuck twice. <laughs> that would be the only way you could improve on his night, I, I have to say. Yeah, I, I just, I, 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 they missed the opportunity for him to start the movie being quote unquote a dead fuck according to, you know, his mongoloid friend's invisible computer. And then at the end of it, if he had been able to stroll down those stairs with a twin under each arm wearing like a smoking jacket, you know, uh, right. I, I, they had the perfect opportunity. But, I, I thought know. it was funny that at one point he says, well, you got the hotter one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't tell him apart, Jimbo. So that's a good segue to best character not named Voorhees. And for me, in the entire four film series it's jimbo the dead fuck i love this guy not only does he have the best bad dance moves i've ever seen he proves that he actually is a great lay before he goes looking for that corkscrew he really should have done without i related to this character's insecurities and his awkwardness and i shared in the triumph of his victory when he gets the girl proves that teddy is the lame one and then he's still a good sport about it and plus, it's Crispin Glover, so it's got to be Teddy the Dead Fuck. I'm going to go with Paul from Part Two. Nice. Um, he is he is one of the the kind of smartest, most resourceful. Uh, he has the the great monologue where we really get you know the the what becomes the campfire story of Jason's origin. Um, In case people are forgetting who he is, Paul is the camp counselor the the head counselor in the yeah. second film who's putting together the group of of kids and also the love interest to the lead he is yeah. the boyfriend of amy Steele's um, character and and arguably the only guy to go toe-to-toe with uh, uh jason and survive well i guess ali yeah. does too but uh, yeah I, I would say paul gives him a, a better fight a better, and, and we still don't know if paul survives the whole movie or not we don't know true. what happened to him so I would say it's uh, uh, who's the guy in the wheelchair in two? Is that character's name Mark? I yeah. think. 
I, I'm definitely all on board with that guy. I, I, I was actually struck by how engaged I was with his story. You know, mm-hmm. that he, he shows up at this camp and uh, his entire thing is, uh, hey, Mark, do you want to smoke some weed? No, I'm in training. Hey, Mark, do you want to eat hot dogs? No, I'm in training. You know, uh, you know, he's got in a motorcycle accident that uh, put him in a wheelchair and the doctors have told him he will never walk again. And he is going to work really super hard to prove them wrong. There's an alternate version in which he doesn't die in this bizarre way that, like, some goon who lives out in the woods buries a machete in his head and sends him clattering down the steps in his wheelchair in the middle of a rainstorm, in which he actually does uh, work really hard, regain the use of his legs, and goes on to be a happy, healthy, productive dude, you know, back riding his motorcycle. And that you version know, is airing on ABC Family yeah, uh, at exactly. 8 p.m. on it's Sunday. Like, you know, I, 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 he is the one character in this entire series in which I actually felt the impact of watching that life get snuffed out. On the one hand, it's like, you know, we show up to these movies for like these gonzo moments and these great kills. But on the other hand, it's like they do it with this character who I'm like really super invested with. I'm just like, God damn. I really. Well, I mean, if you were comparing that death to to Shelley's death, you know, like at least he got uh, a spectacular send off that was worthy of the character. Right. I actually wanted to see Shelley suffer more. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he got he got a lame death that was befitting a character. He, he, he of got his. off easy. He got yep. dumb throat slash. Yeah, off camera. Just interesting to note, and this probably says more about us than anything else. That there's no mention of any of the the final girls uh, from any of us, all of whom we've praised for their their strength and ingenuity. Ginny, I I could have gone that way with mine. Like, I mean, I, I think it's partially because I wanted to say something nice about this movie and I just saw part four. But yeah. if I was really taking this seriously, I would go with Ginny slash Amy Steele from part two. Mm-hmm. I do like that bubbly girl in, in the very beginning. We're going to go all the way back to the source, the opening scenes of part one. Uh, that, that girl who's kind of hitchhiking around and she gets yeah. picked up by Jason. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, uh, I forgot the character's name, but this this kind of cool chick is just kind of bopping around the country doing cool stuff, you know, and to watch her get snuffed out in this random, bizarre way, you know, uh, is sad. It uh, was sad. I, I love that character. I loved her smile and her energy and, like, her approach to life. She was, like, very mature uh, right. for her age. Yeah. Um, I, and we're talking about characters before Vic, you point out that there is like a distinct shift in which the filmmakers are like, you know, the kids keep cheering when people die on screen. So let's give them characters that we're actually comfortable watching die. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's not make this sad. This is, I mean, they're showing up to watch people get massacred by a goon. You know, let, let, let's give them obnoxious store owners and, and more. Yeah, it becomes less disturbing and more "quote unquote" fun, but in a way, it's it's cruel and dehumanizing to to set up human beings to be to be murdered and to have that experience be enjoyed. I mean, I think it's actually better to feel some trauma at the death of these characters. I mean, I think that's a more evolved and human response. And by the way, the girl's name was Annie, the character that we're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on to the next one. Funniest line or most amusing moment? You can go either way with this. Crispin Glover's uh, safety dance. His <laughs> yes. uh, back in black chicken dance is, is one of the high points of, this, of the entire franchise for me. Excellent choice. Vic? Um, I have I I'm gonna I'm gonna split the the difference here because there's 
it's the same character and in the the it's vicky in the second one uh the most intentionally uh, uh amusing moment is her uh spraying the perfume uh yeah. in, into her panties um, you know, which is which is such a great kind of just a, a the kind of grown up, and I say grown up in that you have to intuit that this guy's in a wheelchair. She knows what this is probably going to entail. Um, you know, it, the, you have to, you know, you have to put some dots together to really appreciate that. The the best unintentionally funny moment to me is when she goes back to the house, uh, you know, with her fresh smelling uh, uh, vagina. <laughs> spent five seconds looking for Mark before promptly going up the stairs where Mark obviously is not. Right. <laughs> I really laughed at that. So. Oh, Mark, I've got fresh morning vagina here for you. <laughs> Have you rolled up the stairs? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to surprise her by having like climbed the, the, the stairs. Yeah. Well, clearly for me, it's the, uh, charming and wonderful stoners from the third movie no oh no. yeah <laughs> yeah uh i i would say it's a tie between a frightened retard yeah. and you're a dead fuck yeah those are those are immortal lines in my book i i, I and speaking of fresh smelling vaginas can i give a runner, runner up to uh paul's aside about uh being clean in the woods because of the bears <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. God. Oh, that's an excellent runner up uh honorable mention oh, yeah. so coolest weapon now i'm actually starting to lean toward iconography because uh the 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 mayhem that's inflicted with the simple machete uh in four is so extreme when, when his head slides on that that blade i mean that's that's off the fucking charts man that's some good shit uh you know i i, I do like the spear gun from yes. three um and I this movie the yeah, spear gun uh, returns in part yeah, four. yeah it is interesting that uh you know my immediate thought was uh, one of the few things that that three does better than four is it actually establishes that spear gun. Whereas this one, he just kind of has a spear gun. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. lay it around. Like, yeah, it's like or Every, maybe, everybody has a spear gun at their cabin, right? Yeah, I, I, maybe he kept it. Maybe he's got a stash, you know, under the floorboards and the, uh, you know, he, he's got mom's head. He's got the candles. He's got a little stash of stuff. He picks up from his victims, you know. He props uh, it next to the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> in case he gets surprised by Michael Myers. <laughs> impromptu show up uh yeah i i i i'm i'm leaning toward the machete weirdly enough okay it seems like an obvious gimme but i I just kind of dig it i'm going with the spear gun i know you guys didn't like the effect uh the 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 practical effects in the shot but the moment when he uh when he shoots vera with the spear gun is is uh he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of long distance kills yes um, I, I noticed that he was not so good at throwing knives. Like both in three yeah. and four, he misses pretty badly when he throws a knife. But he's lethal with that spear gun. And yeah. I don't like the shot of it actually sticking out of her eye. But I love the shot where he's shooting the spear at us. You know, yeah. uh, and, and yes, the, the triumphant return to uh, to to dispatch Paul with uh, the spear the gun crotch. to the to the groin. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, that's so he's you know he's not a one trick pony with this with the spear gun. Yeah. Well, I have to confess that uh, it was sort of a tie for me, and spear gun was was one of the two. So I'll gladly go with my alternate, 
which was, of course, the fancy corkscrew. I mean, come <laughs> on. No, <I'm> just <laughs> Not the normal corkscrew. The normal corkscrew is a post-mortem weapon. It's going to kill somebody. It's got to be the fancy one. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to say the pitchfork. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I, I love when he's running around with it in the second movie. Um, I love the yeah. that's part of my favorite image of that Jason is the bag on the head and the overalls and he's trotting around with that that pitchfork but he actually uses it in in the third film and I thought that those kills were you know visually interesting and effective and there's just something horrible about getting like multiple tines of a pitchfork spearing all the way through your body and you could you know he can hang people up on the wall by um, a pitchfork so I'm gonna go with that but uh, I would have probably said spear gun alternately so we've got that covered. Uh, that is, in fact, one one of my personal more wince-inducing moments uh, in the series is in three when uh, he spears Loco through the 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 torso with a pitchfork, and Loco reaches back to feel the tine sticking out his back. Yes. Uh, that that was some cool stuff. I like, I like that. Yes. All right. So two more to go. We're gonna have one that's kind of like the best picture uh, type of thing. But uh, let's do best director, so to speak, which is most effective ending, whatever that means to you, most effective ending. All right. Well, I went um, a little, I, I, what I suspect will be a little outside the box because I went with part three. Um, I mean, part one is, is I think sort of obviously the most affecting in terms of being scary. Um, the second one just recreates that, that same beat and, and, you know, to, to less effect. Um, right. The third one, they really they take advantage of our expectations of it. Um, and Mike, you pointed out when we talked about it, you get a scare out of a log, uh, yeah, <laughs> water. Um, you know, and and even as as kind of vaguely nonsensical as it is, um, one we have the again the the image of Jason in the window, which was which was deeply unsettling, and then the mom coming out of the water while not logical in any way uh is is an effective and 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 creepy image i like that they they took advantage of our expectations uh in a way that that they hadn't really before since solid choice yeah uh i i will say that as much as i have an increasing fondness for two uh if two has a weakness for me i'm not super crazy about uh its ending uh I'm, i'm gonna have to go back to the original and that's the first one uh, I, I think that that little zombie kid leaping out of the lake is scary as fuck, man. Uh, I, I think that that image is the thing that truly established this franchise as a force within the genre. Mike, I'm with you on this one. That was my answer as well. I mean, because of the fact that it, it set the template and it created this dynamic and it really did surprise you and it, it basically introduced Jason. I think that that one is the uh, archetypal great Friday the 13th ending and really great horror movie ending of the period. Absolutely. All right. Well, the it's fitting that in the machetes, the ultimate prize is best kill. <laughs> <laughs> best kill. So in your answer, take into account creativity, impact, quality of VFX, and what other whatever other factors you value in a kill in a Friday the 13th film. 
Mark's death uh, is is all the more disturbing to me because it's also my favorite kill in the series. Uh, yeah. And 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 apparently I'm not alone in that because it features prominently in the uh, in, in the wrap up anthologies that open these movies. You know, for a while. You know, uh, it's always that that kind of uh, Eisensteinian you know, clattering down the steps with a machete in his head. I mean, it's meant to be like this over the top, like let's let's get the kids in the audience cheering their heads off, you know. So, but at the same time, it's like I, I'm so like uh, engaged with this character that I, I I have a mixed bag of emotions when that dude dies. Yeah, you know, it's ambivalent. That, you know, that makes it yeah. all the richer. Yeah, I, I, and I'm really engaged in his story, in his comeback story, but at the same time, he gets like. One of the most wildly entertaining kills in these movies. Yeah, I I have to say that was my answer as well. So I'm with you again, Mike. The way that it's timed, you know, like, you know that Jason is sneaking up on him, but we've had a lot of red herrings with the point of view shots in the second movie. So we're not 100% sure. And then the... In, in one long take, the machete just comes down into his head when we're not expecting it, you know? So that, even the beginning of that scene, not to mention the, the fantastic clattering down the um, stairs into a freeze frame, it's just a really well-staged and surprising, spectacular kill. Then you layer in the character stuff. It's a winner. Um, I'll say my close alternate was the handstand kill in part three where the guy's walking upside down and right. Jason bisects his crotch and lower body with the machete. So, yeah. um, Vic, have we, have we been vamping long enough for you to come up with an answer? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, a, I had my answers well prepared in advance, sir. I'll have you. <laughs> um, <laughs> My uh, my I want to say my my close alternate is uh, my my honorable mention, if you will, is uh, uh, actually Teddy's death in part four. Uh, I think that the the flapping the broken film strip Ooh. flapping against the thing with the bright light on him uh, is is very effective. And then yeah. the you get the knife through the back of the head, and as he drops, it comes down. You see the blood and the and the split screen on it. I actually thought that was very effective. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, for me, the the winner, as as we talked about in the first podcast, uh, I'm going with the arrow through uh, Kevin Bacon's throat. Yeah, uh, in fact, my runner up. The image, the hand coming out from around the bed, the 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 patience. You know, it takes a long time. You see it really come up and stuff. I know that the the effects are not uh, uh, breathtaking, and you know, it's Kevin Bacon. So yeah. it is. There you go. Yeah, the, the the hand over the forehead to to hold him in place always struck me as like the creepier beat of that sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like and and yeah, it's like because she's a middle aged woman, she can't just ram it straight through him. She's got to kind of you know pull his, him into the blade. Yeah, yeah, and push the arrow slowly up. It's like yeah, that, that's some good stuff, man. I mean, you really feel that's that's another kill that you actually like kind of really go. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, one bonus category, best moment in the entire series, clearly the girl reading Fangoria in part three. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, gentlemen, we have uh, closed the book on the final chapter. 
and the core four is now behind us, and we're going into some more rugged territory from here. Right. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be a bumpy <laughs> road. <laughs> it's been strikes and gutters, ups and downs, but generally the first four movies are, I mean, if you're going to watch these movies, it's going to be these four, and whether you continue or not is kind of up to you, but I mean, you know, due to the fact that we are brave explorers, of the genre, we are going to uh, uh, courageously push into the rest of this franchise, so you can decide whether or not you have to. Well, I mean, I have to say that the rotting zombie Jason uh, is badass. I just really enjoy watching him, so that I am looking forward to. Vic, any final thoughts from you about the first four movies, or this flick, or uh, politics, sports, you know, whatever's on your mind? <laughs> I'm I'm a little concerned at the the lack of uh, a challenger to Hillary Clinton in the Democratic primaries. Um, but uh, yes, so yeah. am I. Uh, we need Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, man, tell me about it. Um, we were right to do our 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 first machetes after part four because there is whatever the variations and even the you know the variations to Jason, the establishment of the 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 iconography, the um, you know the the having. Pamela Voorhees as the, the the killer in the first one, there is a consistency of of tone I think uh, across these movies. There's a, a relatively consistent kind of level of quality. Again, you know, we're we're there variations uh, from place to place. They use the same score in yeah. all four films. Yeah, these four movies do feel like they are of a of a piece, and that's you know that's that's why we think of Jason Voorhees the way we do. Um, that's why we think of this franchise the way we do. And it's, 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 that's not a small accomplishment to, to penetrate popular culture that way uh, as quickly as they did with this. Right. Even the fact that it's called the final chapter um, makes it feel like it's one novel, you know, mm-hmm. um, these are four chapters of a story and now that story is done. Yeah, I, I, it is interesting to me that uh, I mean, these four movies came out, what, between 80 and 83? Just boom, yeah. boom, 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 one right after the other. And, you know, this is now, uh, you know, 30 years ago, basically. And uh, But if you still dress up as this character and walk down the street, whether or not people have even seen any of these movies, they will instantly know who you're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's a character as recognizable as, like, Sherlock Holmes or James Bond. Yeah, part four is 1984, so right. like four movies, four years. Uh, it, it, I did notice that Pamela's grave is seen in in part four, and That's it says right. that she died she died in 1979. So even though the movie came out in 1980, the idea is time frame wise that was 1979. Yeah. Okay, that will do it for the inaugural edition of the machete awards next time we will be looking at friday the 13th a new beginning adios